Welcome to the Get Out and Try podcast. I'm your host, Katie Axel. This episode is brought to you by ID Shield, the most comprehensive identity theft protection and reputation management solution available. ID Shield provides credit monitoring and alerts, digital privacy management, and guaranteed restoration services. I use it myself and you can get it too. Visit getoutandtry.wearelegalshield.com. That's getoutandtry.wearelegalshield.com. Last week, you got to hear from Stephanie Johnson about Santosha Studio in River Falls. If you missed that episode, be sure to go back and check it out. We've got Stephanie back this week talking about her other business that's right next door to Santosha, the Garage Bikes and Brews. Check it out. It's time to jump into one of the coolest vibes that I have ever walked into. I remember the first time we visited the Garage Bikes and Brews, which is just a really cool shining star in River Falls, as well as our region, I think. For someone that really doesn't know anything about it, what I usually tell people is that it's a bicycle shop, not not motorcycles. Yes. Because there are people that confuse it. Yeah, yeah, I know. We, we, we debated having bicycles and brews, but that was just too much. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Plus, let them figure out when they come. Right. They're just not going to hate it. There's no throttles on any of the bikes. They can still park their motorcycle They outside. sure can, you bet. But it's a bicycle shop as well as a brewery. And I think one of the things that we appreciated is we walked in and you've got a bicycle shop wide open so you can watch someone working on bikes, which is really cool and fun to watch. Mm -hmm. But you've also got, I don't know if you are the designer, but if you are, kudos to you because it is such a cool vibe when you walk in. It's extremely welcoming and you feel comfortable bringing Kids in there, you grab the board games, you grab some brews, you grab root beer for the kids Mm -hmm. and sit down and hang. And the kids can go out into the wide open area, Mm -hmm. throw a football if they want to, ride their bikes. Mm -hmm. You can go in the back where there's the fire pits. And I'm going to stop stealing the spotlight because I I really (laughs) love the space that you've created. Thank you. Uh, But talk me through how this all came about because it's it's cool. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you. I think it's very cool. <laughs> I'm a little biased, but <laughs> and yes, I did design it. I'll take like ninety eight percent of the credit. Wow, good eye. The design of you know the feel and the vibe like that you're describing, which I felt like was probably one of the most important parts. Yes, obviously, having a reputable bike shop and repair shop for bikes is important. Mm-hmm. Having a reputable brewery is really important, but for me. It was, it's really about, and I I have this written in the employee handbook, which is a half a page long, but, (laughs) but I do have, it's very important. The very last thing I say is we want people to come into this building and after they experience it and they walk away and they think that place was so cool, so hip, so different. What was so different about it? Why did I feel so good? And it's all the little things that add up, Mm -hmm. right? It's about having those things available. Like you talked about the things for the kids to do. Mm -hmm. Dogs are welcome on a leash until that the whole family can enjoy it. Or if you don't want to bring your family, that's cool, too, because yeah, I know when I had kids at home, I wanted to get away from them sometimes. So that's OK. Yeah. But that was really the intention of walking in and feeling that welcoming environment. As I'm orienting new new staff that are coming on board, I say that probably no less than a dozen times. That's the most important thing. Yeah. You know, is making people feel welcome. How it started, it was, it's a really fun story. And it started about, I 
probably 13 years ago now, 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. My sister and I were hiking in North Carolina, and we found this little place called the Pisqua Tavern and the Hub Bike Shop. I think they're two different businesses, but they're under one roof. Okay. I don't know now. It's a lot bigger now. I've, I've gone back since, but when we first went, it was a lot smaller. And I was just talking about how I had gotten into triathlon. I just started biking and really was fascinated by bikes. I don't really understand why I'm so fascinated by bikes, but I think a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you could sit at this place, have a draft beer, and watch people work on bikes was like, wow, this mm -hmm. is so cool. Yeah. Like if I just sit at a bar, I'm not the kind of person that wants to watch sports on TV at a bar. I don't want to just watch other people drinking. Mm -hmm. Like I want to just like learn and be fascinated, right? So that's what's happening there. And I thought, okay, this is cool. We could do this. Why couldn't we do this? And so it took about 10, 10-ish years to convince my husband <laughs> that we should do this. So then we started our research on finding the space, and the building that we ended up purchasing is just ideal. We both are from River Falls and love that it has a little bit of historical significance in River Falls. It was built in 69, is our best guess, and it spent most of its years, the building did, as Barron's Auto Supply. I remember going there with my grandpa. He remembers going there with his grandpa. A lot of people come in and we'll talk about the history of that building. When we first looked at the building, one of the most fascinating parts for me was the what we've called now called the bunkers. When we walked through and saw that, the whole vision of what that could look like was in my head. Like, oh, this is going to be so cool. Mm -hmm. And I think Matt, my husband, had the opposite reaction. Like, what are we going to do with this space? I was like, don't worry about it. I got it. We're covered. I got it. So um, it's a really cool space because it's kind of lends itself. This was pre-COVID even. Yeah. But it lends itself to kind of singling out little seating areas because I think that it's really nice to be out in public, but I'm also and can be an introvert. Yeah. So I like to have my own little space and feel comfy. So mm -hmm. I want to be on a sectional with a fire pit or maybe I want to sit in a Adirondack chair or around a high top with my group of friends, whoever I'm with. But I I want to know there's other people around, but I want to be a part of that. Yeah. That's my vibe. So that's how the bunkers came to be. And then we got local artists that are doing murals on the walls, which is super cool. You're Randy Hoyt mural. Yeah. Is... Randy Hoyt is amazing. Wow. Yeah. It gives me goosebumps. I know. It does. Yes. That painting is amazing. Yeah. Randy's beer tending now at the garage. Is she? So you can meet her. Okay. And I, I can't help myself every time I'm working with her. Like I tell everybody, Just fangirl out go a little bit. And look and see what Randy did. Yeah, she's amazing. She's yeah. got her own thing going on. She's incredible. Yes. So yeah, that's been really fun to involve um, local artists because I cannot draw stick people. So it's again fascinating to me. Like how how do people do that? I yeah. don't get it. Down to the detail though. The the level of detail that you mm -hmm. have designed and decorated is fascinating. It's, yeah. There's something to look at everywhere, yeah. and it seems like everything is in its place. Mm -hmm. In the most artistic way. Mm, that's good to hear. Yeah, I'm I'm chuckling a little bit under my breath because the our lead mechanic or the manager of the shop and my husband are both like, "Will you quit buying those saying signs? Or where are you going to put that now? Or every time I bring something <laughs> in, like, don't worry, I got it figured out. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, a place for it. Things just kind of have um, come together. Certainly, we we tried to use things that have meaning for us, mm -hmm. like the Ham's beer sign was really important for me because it was my grandpa's sign. I remember 
<laughs> falling asleep in their study at their house with that as the nightlight. Yeah. So it has a lot of significance for me. There's a lot of pieces in there like that. And so bringing back that vibe and having an industrial kind of feeling that's sort of chaotic, but yet everything has a place and a purpose. Yeah. That feels important. So the biking part, mm-hmm. you said you wanted to make sure that it's a reputable bike shop. Right. Matt wasn't... Mm-hmm. Someone that came from bikes. You didn't come from bikes traditionally. You just like them. Yep. How did you achieve becoming a reputable bike shop? Yeah, that's just another interesting journey. Well, figuring out which bike brand we wanted to carry was the first you know, thing we needed to do. And we have the other bike shop in town that carries Trek. And Trek has a pretty prescriptive way of their business model. So your shop needs to look a certain way and you carry certain merchandise. Mm-hmm. So I knew that that wasn't the direction we wanted to go. Giant really has the feel that I wanted. It is more of a farm-to-table type business mm-hmm. and a really cool business history. So we opted to go with Giant, which they also have sister companies of Live and Momentum. We have All City, Surly. Those two bike brands are out of Minneapolis. And then we recently, we've been working for two years to get Santa Cruz mountain bikes and gravel bikes. Super excited that we just got the two first two bikes in the shop. Those are more high-end mountain bike. We're feeling very fortunate and excited to have Santa Cruz. How we achieved reputable bike shop, I would say a lot of it has to do with our lead mechanic, Derek, mm-hmm. and Truman Purdy, who is still a part of the garage, but kind of isn't back in the in the wings right now. Mm-hmm. He started a family and he's got another job. So he's he's just laying low for a while. But he is a big piece of the cycling community in this region mm-hmm. and really taught Matt and I a lot. Okay. So we owe a lot to Truman and um, still, you know, rely on him as a phone a friend quite a bit. Yeah. So he's awesome. Really, we owe a lot of what's our successes so far to Derek and Truman on the bike side. Okay. I mean, really, they have educated us and really helping us. Nice. Yeah. Derek happened into our lives. He's also a nurse, which is a cool part of the story. Yeah. So we were in the building and just rehabbing the building. We put a Facebook ad out on, hey, you're looking for a bike mechanic. I had no idea what we would get. And Derek sent his rep- his resume in and it was all nursing. You know, he had been a farmer to begin with, which appealed to Matt. And then he was a nurse. And so I was like, like, oh, we, I don't even know. This we universe dropped into our, we have to meet this person. What is this? Yeah. So he came and I'm very sure I can't swear on the program. I said, well, why do you want this job? And he said, well, I told my wife, I'm going to effing work there. <laughs> I'm not going to be a nurse anymore and I'm going to work there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you're hired. <laughs> so, and it's been really amazing since then. We owe a lot to Derek. Um, Derek's kind of grown up with the bike world with us. Yeah. And has really gained a lot of a knowledge and is, I would call him a very experienced bike mechanic now. Both he and Matt have learned a lot along the way mm-hmm. and in a short amount of time. Yeah. And through COVID where we can't really go to seminars. So a lot of online training and a lot of hands-on training. And so Matt's kind of branched out a little bit more on the electric bike side and the electric bikes this this spring if we are can call this spring so far, <laughs> have been flying out of the door. They're just, if you've never experienced an electric bike, you have to come and try it. Yeah. It's like being a kid again. It's just so appealing. It it doesn't mean you can't, you're not going to get a workout. So a lot of people are like, well, I want to get a workout. Yep. And I said the same thing until I hopped on one and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's so fun. It feels like someone's gently nudging you along. Yeah. And 
on a hill, you can just get a little extra assist and don't have to pedal quite so much. If you've had a total knee replacement or you have knee or hip issues, Mm -hmm. it's getting people on bikes that normally wouldn't get on a bike would say, no, I can't do that because I've got a hip issue or no, I can't do that. Or my wife goes, but I can't go with her. Yeah. We've got one couple that I think I want to say she has, she bought an electric bike Last spring, her husband is a big biker. She really just never could bike. All their kids were graduated out of the house. She was, you know, maybe in a little bit of a funk, just couldn't couldn't get her vibe and what she was going to be doing. Mm-hmm. They bought an electric bike. She's, I think she put 1,600 miles on it wow. last summer with friends, with her husband, biking all over the place. And I think she is now training this year for a sprint triathlon. Wow. This is someone who really wasn't that active. So... A lot of people are becoming more active with the e-bikes, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And Giant's got a nice price point on their electric bike and a lot of different models to choose from. Are you still renting out e-bikes? Yeah, we do rent e-bikes. We've got last year's model that we're renting. Okay. You know, as every other business, the supply chain is a bit of an issue, so we can have hiccups. Yeah. Um, So right now we're renting out last year's model of the e-bikes. They are $10 an hour, two-hour minimum. We will be renting mountain bikes in the spring, as soon as it becomes spring, <laughs> and through the summer. Yeah. And we're actually going to have a fleet of mountain bikes out at Tattersall okay. for um, people to rent through Tattersall. So nice. we'll keep them up and maintain them and to do that part of it for them. Wow. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So yeah. someone doesn't have to have a bike yet if they can't afford it, they can still get out. Yeah. And I, I do tell people when you rent an e-bike, my only caution is... Be ready. Have a little bit of credit limit on your credit card. <laughs> have some cash in your pocket because you're going to want it. Mm-hmm. You're just going to want it. There's yeah. no doubt about it. You were in healthcare. What What did Matt do? So Matt was a farmer originally. Okay. And then went back to school and was a golf course mechanic for about 25 years. He worked at River Falls and then most recently at uh, Stone Ridge and Stillwater. So he's mechanical by trade. I've always said he's really a mechanical engineer. Yeah, he's he got just, an engineering oh brain my gosh, for sure. His brain yeah. is crazy smart. I, yeah. Oh, he's going to hear that. I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> it's usually crazy smart, right? <laughs> usually. That doesn't mean he has common sense, but... <laughs> we love you, Matt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he does have a... Yes, an engineering brain. And a, a lot of what's happened in that building is because of his engineering brain. Yeah. So... Yeah, I I can spot that from a mile away because my dad is that brain that can look at something and go, oh, I can make that work. And it's something that you would look at and be like, I got to hire someone that's done this and I don't know how to make that get to that point. Right. Uh, And my dad was always the person that could rig something together and make it better than anything you've seen. And I spotted that in Matt when I met him and I was like, that's he's got a brain like my dad. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yes. To a fault sometimes, but yes, it's really yeah. amazing. He's got a lot of things going on at the garage and a lot of repurposing. That's really important to Matt, mm-hmm. and I, I love that part of it. You know, the original roof from the 1969 building yeah, well, we, was the only thing we really had to replace. So that tin or that metal that came off the roof is now on the walls, the upper part of the walls inside, to maintain, you know, some of the integrity of the building. But also, it looks really cool. The cooler that the tap lines come out of is from the Rocky Branch School. You just got somebody to, you know, fix her up, make her work. Mm-hmm. So he's got a lot of that in him. Yeah. So that's good. Mm-hmm. But not brewing by nature. Not brewing. So talk about that. How did the brewing I mean, both come of about? us really like drinking beer. Okay. So we have that good going start. for us. Good start. Good <laughs> start. 
We've always kind of liked that. We really haven't weren't into craft beer that much until you know the maybe the last five years. Yeah, but still not really, not really into it like we are now. Obviously. So, what was your beer of choice before you were into craft beer? Miller High Life Light. All right, <laughs> not sponsored by them. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's almost now when I. No, like I can't even imagine <laughs> drinking that, but, but I did all the time. Yeah, and and we have a lot of people that come in and say that at yes. the brewery. Like, all I ever drink is Coors Light. All I ever mm-hmm. drink is Bud Light. Oh, like, okay, we have a beer for you. Right, so. and you do. My husband is that guy. Yeah. And you certainly do. He really appreciates going and visiting because you have something right. for him. Well, I feel like that's important. A lot of our friends and family are those are those kind of beer drinkers, although... They're branching out a lot right now, and it's really fun to watch. Mm -hmm. So the brewing really happened organically also. Sort of like, okay, so we want to open, I wanted, the the premise of this was to have a bike shop. A bike Mm -hmm. shop first. That was most important, right? Build the bike shop, have the place where people are repairing bikes, and then be able to sip on a beer while you're doing that. So in researching Wisconsin law and how could we have guest taps, how how could we have taps here, mm-hmm. really getting a brewery permit was our best way to go. So to have a brewery permit, you have to be brewing a certain amount per month or I can't remember what the exact, we're definitely over the, the limit to what we have to brew, so we're okay there. Yeah. So, okay, well, that's cool. So then my youngest kid, Ellis, who's a chemist, was like, well, I can, I'm interested in brewing. I could try it. You know, he was reading the How to Brew book, <laughs> cover to cover. He was really interested in brew styles and that kind of thing. So that was cool. So then Matt and Ellis did some research on brewing systems, and we needed something that was not going to take up a large footprint. Because, mm-hmm. again, the bike shop is the most important part, right? We need yeah. space for the bike shop, a little tiny brewery. So then... Uh, they found the Bruja system, which is what they're what we use there. It's a self-contained system. Gosh, I'm going to get it wrong, but somewhere in Canada, just across the border, is where the gentleman Nathan has the system, and he's marketing. So okay. they went to a seminar, a weekend-long seminar with Nathan at his place. I think they drank some beer. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was going to say, this sounds like a terrible work trip. <laughs> Yeah, Ellis sent my youngest and my husband off on the airplane to learn how to brew beer. And then Ellis did a lot of YouTube and we started. And he started brewing as soon as we had our permit. And there weren't even walls basically up yet. But trying to figure out, you know, how to do this process, right? Yeah. So the first time I watched him do this with this system, it was mind-blowing. Because I didn't know and I didn't realize that it's it's a huge chemistry experiment. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's insane. But he, he's very particular about all the different specific gravities and everything that you have you know have to do with a science experiment. Well he's got like engineering brain plus control freak. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's <laughs> totally that is Ellis. <laughs> nailed it. Uh, you know, nailed it. Yes, because you do have to be a control freak. I mean, Ellis has logs and logs of, you know, everything he's checking constantly. And yeah, I'm sure I'm not doing it justice and Ellis is going to be mad at me, but we'll have him on. It's fine. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> so he got, he just went down the rabbit hole. And I think I would speak for him and say he's really enjoying it. And it turns out he's really freaking good at brewing beer. Yeah. I mean, we started with the Kolsch because it's a lighter beer. And that's what I wanted to start with because, again, we have. People we know aren't going to want to come in for a stout right, or something heavy mm-hmm. or hoppy. So we started with Killian Kolsch, and he nailed it right yeah. off the bat. It's a solid, and so we're calling it a flagship beer. 
mm-hmm. of the brewery now. So that's really honestly how it happened. It was a very organic process. We're going to pause here. Stay tuned for next week when we talk about how Ellis's role has evolved into a teaching role within the brewing community. And we have so many other things to cover as well. You won't want to miss it. Stay tuned for next week's episode. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. That's one of those small ways that you can help support the podcast and help others to find it. Make sure you're also visiting getoutandtry.com often, keeping you connected to the calendar of fun and happenings in the St. Croix Valley area. Until next time, find some ways to connect with your community. Support those hardworking small businesses that host all the fun in the valley. Go, get out and try.